Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man on the Post section time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I have got Adam. Hello. How are we? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Grand, thank you. You're a good week? I've survived the week, so that's uh, at the moment they're good weeks. Well, that's anything. Have you seen that? I just retweeted something a moment ago, which is going to the toilets at quarter to five on a Friday is the corporate equivalent of taking the ball towards the corner flag when you're 1 0 up <laughs> in the last minute. Um, I, you wouldn't believe the kind of I work in one of these fancy WeWork offices you might have heard about Chris so I have that then I just go for a beer because they give it away for free what yeah you have beer at work yeah so what if you Ta- make taps like from the tap as well right so what if you make some sort of corporate decision later on that goes wrong and they can put it down to the fact that you'd had a drink um <sighs> I don't know. What's the earliest you've had a drink? Uh, I, I'm not a big drinker, so not that early. Um, so probably about I probably the earliest I probably had one was about five. Is the people there from like lunchtime or something? I don't know. I don't. I have to get. So we have two. We have we have beer in our office. Like we have a fridge that has beer in, but people don't really generally uh, take from that until sort of more evening times. But if you go to one of the, the like social breakout floors to see where they like the beer taps are but they could be i don't go there until that sort of time but they could be <laughs> i'll monitor and kind of report back yeah the earliest someone dares to go emma hello hello you got any beer at work uh no i'm a model i don't we don't drink beer no you do much no. worse <laughs> I've seen yeah, cake, yeah i've seen all day cake more spends her time <laughs> yeah, it's much worse. Exactly. Right. We're going to be talking about the Carabao Cup this week um, and the games that have happened this week. We're going to talk about some fixtures around Europe and the Premier League. So, first of all, um, Colchester nil, or Colchester League 2 nil, Tottenham Hotspur nil. Uh, Colchester won 4 3 on penalties. Right. Do we say some nice things about Colchester or do we just get stuck into Tottenham for fun? Uh, I'm saying nice things about Colchester because it's the Carabao Cup. Okay, Colchester played well. Right, can we stick the knife into Tottenham? <laughs> <laughs> there was really a, there, there were no wrong there were no wrong answers, but there was one wrong answer. <laughs> um, Pochettino saying, "Go on, Chris, tell us about how bad Tottenham were." Oh well, it was nil nil. Uh, who did they start with? They started with um, Dia Sanchez, Ali, uh, Lucas Moore all started. Um, Ericsson and Moore both missed. Penalties, although maybe the best penalty this was Giovanni Brown's Felpenenka. Did you see that? I did not. I was, like I said, Chris, it's the Carabao Cup. What do you think I was doing with my time? <laughs> and did you see this, Emma, at all? No, I haven't seen the highlights of the Carabao Cup yet. I can't believe that's not made sort of front page news in Spain. I know there was middle league matches. So, uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, 
you guys have newspapers that are dedicated to just sport, hundreds of pages, and you can't talk about about Tottenham and Chris's sort of <laughs> Colchester United fetish. Don't um, worry, I'll, I'll call the editors immediately. You do that because Giovanni Brown went to take a Penenka, did his Penenka, uh, Palagas and in goal had time to dive, stand up, and punch the um, Penenka away, and then sledge poor Giovanni Brown as he went back towards his uh, rather angry teammates. Um. Yeah, I was going to say, Spurs have made 10 changes. They lost at the weekend. Pochettino's talking about a quote-unquote ag- different agenda of players. Um, that doesn't sound very good to a, a fan listening in, does it? That sounds like there's a very divided change in me. I think Pochettino thrives in a sort of in, in friction. Yeah? Well, when was the last time that there has a... How, how long has he been there now? Four years? I would say that at least the last two and a half have been full of sort of the, he's going to go at any minute. He's had enough of this. He's, he's under making statements that undermine David, um, Daniel Levy and all sorts of things. Um, and, but he's also, he, and he's also someone who makes big, bold decisions, right? When, when Carl Walker said, uh, told everyone he was going to leave it, that was it. It was done. Mm. Cut him out of the team, done, move on. Um, I don't think I don't think he is afraid of confrontation and living in that sort of tense environment where if you're able to harness it you can get your best out of teams right but if you if the balance shifts in any in one particular way it can fall apart and get ugly very quickly can you understand him being a bit pissed off though because he's had um, a sort of self-imposed by the club transfer embargo last season uh, okay they're now in the new stadium they bought themselves a couple of players this year and now all of a sudden a couple of players are sort of trying to play their own game and, and not play ball as team players and you can understand maybe as every, everything he's sort of gone through in the last year or so that now all of a sudden he's got a few loose cannons he's going to be a bit annoyed by it yeah yeah, perhaps perhaps he has to um Take a view, a, a view, um, one, and sort of form, come up with an opinion close to to um, where mine had been recently. But maybe this Tottenham team was never going to be the one that was going to um, that was going to break the the sort of the glass ceiling and finally uh, win silverware. But perhaps this is the Tottenham team, and the, the players have got that sort of allows them to cement themselves as a super club in, in the future and sort of the fact the amount of uh, of the value of the assets they've got in that squad now is puts them in, in that position and maybe they need to have a, a bit of a rebuild and and flush out some of these decide which play uh, these players are worth keeping and uh, are gonna buy into another go around and maybe they have to to, to try again, whether Pochettino has the, the stomach for that fight or thinks that his future lies elsewhere is a different question, I guess. Okay. Um, Emma, what do they make of Pochettino in Spain? Of course, he's a former Espanol player and legend, isn't he? Yeah, he's not welcome in Barcelona. To Barcelona fans. <laughs> Espanol fans love him. He, um, did, he did once swear that he would never manage Barcelona. That's right, I remember him saying that. I think everybody expects him to take over Real Madrid sooner rather than later. Is that because he said? Is that because he swore that he would never manage Barcelona? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Those two things just go hand in hand. Yeah, exactly. So he's very highly rated um, over there, is he? Yeah, yeah, people love him. Um, when they sold Trippier to 
Atletico Madrid, didn't he say something about there was tension in the dressing room or something? Did he? I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I think Trippy so. Said I'm this. trying to remember reading that. Trippy said there was tension, did he? Yeah. Okay. He said something about forces inside the dressing room which pushed him out or something. Oh, okay. So maybe there's some sort of strength in what Pochettino says. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Anyone still want to say anything nice about Colchester? Colchester's much further away than you think from London as well. (laughs) (laughs) Geography really isn't your strong point, is it? No, it's not. (laughs) Um, I I know it's the oldest town in England. Is it? That feels like a... That feels dubious. Uh, apparently it is. It's the first place that the Romans settled when they came up. Anyway, this is a, a tangent which we're not allowed to go on. Um, <laughs> so we'll move quickly on to Oxford 4, West Ham United 0. Um, Oxford United and Raheem Sterling have scored 60% of all goals that West Ham have conceded so far this season. Um, Prelegary was really quite scathing afterwards. Uh, he said they didn't create too many uh, chances. We missed too many passes. Um, which is a shame for a team that beat Manchester United at the weekend to suddenly fall back down to earth in a competition that they really could have made a decent fist for because they're never going to get relegated, are they? No, they're not. Do you, um, think, do you think teams are so worried about qualifying for Europe they're actually not trying to win competitions now? Perhaps. I suppose, <laughs> I suppose like all of these things, right? Like, if you're not... If you're not going to what what constitutes success for West Ham in the in the Carabao Cup, I suppose the, getting to the final, right? Uh, you get to the final, we fans day out Wembley. That would be fans. That's what fans would consider that success. Fans probably would consider that a success, but I mean to go deep so, in any competition, you've got some sort of excitement around the place, haven't you? Yeah, I just kind of think that fans are so sort of. Um, Fans are just as ingrained in the sort of the league fight as anyone else. They'll very much go for the let's uh, let's get to the final of this, or let's get knocked out in the first round, so we don't have to play unnecessary games. But West Ham aren't going to go down. If this is a difference between West Ham finishing tenth or West Ham finishing fifteenth, you might as well go for it. Isn't there more money though in league positions rather than a cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you might well have a chairman putting pressure on the manager to do the best he can but without putting out his best team exactly yeah no I think you're probably right there I mean there's, there's a huge amount in that because I think even I think Sunderland the year they went down got like 99.9 million pounds didn't they when they finished bottom really yeah that's extortionate it's, it's horrendous isn't it and that was the I think that was the last year of the old TV deal so it might well be um, quite a bit more now but yeah, you're, you're right. I think that that probably does make some difference to them. Um, Brighton to not Brighton is it Brighton? Burton. I did B stroke T O N on my notes. Um, oh no! I know. Uh, Burton to Bournemouth <laughs> nil. Um, this is the one with three floodlight failures, wasn't it? Three. Three. Yes. Oh and the God. rule is, is if you if there is a floodlight failure. Um, then apparently in stuff I've nicked from other podcasts if the floodlight failure is longer than half an hour 
then you can abandon the game. But none of these floodlight failures were, were they? So, so do they have to individually be long, longer than half an hour? Yes. So, so you could keep having twenty-nine minute failures. <laughs> yeah. And have a game that lasts seven hours. How did Massimo Cellini never discover this while he was um, at Leeds? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think you're quite right because they played 26 minutes of injury time at the end of the game, didn't they? Well, they didn't. They don't stop the clock. They generally kept it going as 26 minutes. Yeah, you would have thought they would just stop the clock. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, the one thing I've never understood with power cuts is when the whole crowd cheers and you kind of think, well, you paid to come and watch this, and now you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Cheering is the last thing I'd be doing. But in the same way, you get like a sort of um, if a linesman gets injured and they call for like a, a sort of qualified referee from the crowd, they call for a sort of qualified electrician. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should. Uh, what else we got? Manchester United won Rochdale. Well, Mason Greenwood scored for Manchester United, uh, and I'm terribly sorry I didn't write down his first name. A 16-year-old boy uh, called Matheson, <laughs> a real-life boy. Boy, what is isn't he? <laughs> This is a fair, fair point. Yeah, um, he scored for uh, scored the equaliser for Rochdale. He very much enjoyed it. It did look a bit like Jimmy Bullard, though. That's his only thing with all his curly hair. As a boy? Oh, God. Because he, <laughs> he had school the next day, didn't he? Oh. Because he's doing his A-levels. And he looks like Jimmy Bullard. He's just going to get bullied. <laughs> what? I don't give a shit that he scored against Man United. Look at you. Again, in yeah. things that we steal from other podcasts, someone did say, going back to his school the next day, he must either be like the sort of the cock of the walk or someone would give him a bit of a thump to put him in his place. Yeah, just a school full of Man United fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Who hasn't scored against Man United, though? Many. Uh, yeah. Hang on. I mean, they're right. Chris? Me? No, I haven't. Hang on, I'm just trying to check out what was number one the day he was born. October 2002. Okay, so number... Oh, he was born in 2002. Oh, God. Hang on. Number... I've got terribly fat fingers. No, number wait, one... 2003. That's even worse. Uh, oh, I looked it up on Wikipedia. 3rd of October 2002 he was born. So... Okay, here we go. 3rd of October 2002 was... <laughs> uh, William and Gareth Gates, The Long and Winding Road. Slope, <laughs> stroke, Suspicious Minds, cover versions. Will Young and Gareth Gates, they teamed up. Yeah, like tag team. Uh, I managed to blank that out of my mind somehow. Well, it's back now. <laughs> yeah, that thanks, Chris. Instant classic. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, So, yes, now we all feel sufficiently old and decrepit. (laughs) Uh, Manchester United barely celebrated the sort of win. Who saw this sort of final penalty uh, go in? And I think it was Daniel James sort of walk rather apologetically back to the centre circle as his teammates sort of walked back down to meet him. There was no real sort of celebration after this. Probably probably nor should there be. Um... Was it out of embarrassment, or did they feel so. like they cheated, or... I don't think if you're Manchester what? United, you'd want to beat Rochdale at home and then sort of do the full-on knee slide and celebration with the goalkeeper afterwards, would you? You'd feel... 
No, but at what point does it become slightly disrespectful to Rochdale that you don't even bother celebrating? Yeah, well, I suppose so, yeah. I suppose you would, but it feels such a chump celebrating because, well, uh, I think Rochdale League One, aren't they? One of those ones, Chris, one of those ones. One of those ones down there. I know one of those ones that isn't the one that I'm aware of. <laughs> For years, they were stuck in League Two, and they, I don't think they've been promoted or relegated for like the best part of 35 years, and then they foolishly went and broke that record by getting promoted. Like like Coventry did. Yes, or Coventry. Yes, Coventry never finishing in the top six. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's the one. Uh, Manchester United had thirty-one shots in this, and to score only one goal again, that sort of tells you all you need to know about this as well. Um, other results we've got are MK Dons nil, Liverpool two, Chelsea seven, Grimsby one. I did write down Chelsea still failed to keep a clean sheet. That might be a bit sort of disingenuous. No, fair. Fair. I thought so too. Yeah. Let's stick that knife in. Uh, Brighton 1, Villa 3, Sheffield United 0, uh, Sunderland 1, Crawley 1, Stoke City 1, Crawley won 5 3 in penalties. Nathan Jones, who has gone absolutely through the mill as uh, Stoke City manager, said um, you'd need to quote unquote ask Sherlock Holmes as to why Stoke City were so bad. Um, what, fictional characters? Fictional <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Although Arthur Conan Doyle played in goal for uh, Portsmouth, didn't he, as Greg and Tom would tell you. Um, Arsenal 5 talking about Portsmouth yeah talking about Portsmouth Arsenal 5 Forest nil, and Portsmouth nil. Southampton 4 I've written horse exclamation mark here why have I done that Adam you've written what horse, horse. oh okay. horse. no horse <laughs> rumours abound that I've not seen anything beyond that but um, a Portsmouth um, a Portsmouth fan assaulted a police horse which is as Dave said in our whatsapp chat very much their special move <laughs> have you heard about this then or have you heard anything similar to this uh, did this, did this I... make the Catalan dailies <laughs> no, but surprisingly it didn't even make it to Turkey um, oh you were in Turkey weren't you I was yeah but uh, I did see a Newcastle van punch a horse once yes yeah. I know that's a thing <laughs> uh, Portsmouth I'm going to see what I that horse are you Googling this? Okay, well, while you're Googling this, I'm going to read out the draw for the next round. Um, Everton versus Watford. Someone did say that Everton got their revenge against Sheffield by beating Wednesday. Whether that counts or not, I don't know. It really um, doesn't. <laughs> Everton versus Watford. Manchester City versus Southampton. Crawley Colchester, which seems quite a shame for both of those two beating higher league opposition that they've then got each other. Uh, Oxford versus Sunderland. Aston Villa versus Wolves. Burton versus um, Leicester City. Uh, Chelsea, Man United. And Liverpool versus Arsenal. Um, what else have we got in the world of news? Derby have been in the news this week. Who's heard about this? This must have made it to Turkey. Yeah, I, I saw this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so this is cars driven by uh, players Tom Lawrence and Mason Bennett were involved in a crash and both have been charged with drink driving. Um, Derby put out a very sort of annoyed statement earlier on today or yesterday, I can't remember what it was, uh, saying both players should have known better, especially as Derby County had actually laid cars on for the players to go home with if they'd had too many drinks. Um, Captain Richard Keogh uh, was a passenger in one of the vehicles and he's out for the entire season. His injury from the car crash is so bad. Right, well, first of all, what the fuck are they doing giving the professional athletes? Uh, yes. So, one, I, I don't know why I've got a bigger problem. I don't have a bigger problem. That's clever. I don't know why I have such a beef with the club, but why are they encouraging their alcoholism? Um, I don't think they're encouraging alcoholism. Well, they're encouraging drinking, right? They're, they're 
literally giving them the platform to be able to to get home if they've had a drink. And these players are paid so much money; they don't they they can afford an Uber. Uh, well, exactly, yeah. But I mean, I don't think they've got a game for a few days, so I think that's probably why the Derby club well, them, sort of let them go out on the lash because they've not got a game till the weekend. I don't know what day they're playing this weekend, but it's not 1992 anymore. It's not the Tuesday club anymore, is it? <laughs> Sort of I prefer the, I, I, my, my, I prefer the stories of them the, from the the class of ninety two documentary when they talk about having getting made to go to the pub with the first team and having to order fourteen pints of lager and a glass of champagne for Eric Cantona. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We're, we're long uh, gone past those days. Just some reporting some good news. Luna, a Thames Valley police horse, was uninjured and remained on duty. Oh, what? It was stoic, was it? Well, I've seen the guy who threw the punch. He actually falls on the floor afterwards because there's a video of it. Um, I will say that also this is not the first incident of Portsmouth fans getting in a massive fight and sort of trashing their own city after losing to Southampton. Not even away, at home. (laughs) Not the first time they've done this. Of course, in the playoffs last year, they had the um, that sort of angry gammon man having a go at um, Lee Catamol and then the man with the Weetabix hair also had a go at him didn't he do you remember that yeah yeah, they're full of them and the guy who isn't the, what was the guy who kicked him when he fell in the crowd yes yeah yeah exactly Romans uh, the Romans. entire bunch yeah exactly um, okay EFL clubs uh, are demanding that other clubs who fail to pay their players on time be dot points um, this is all uh, post uh, the berry fallout. Um, what else have we got? Granite Shack. I quite, li- I quite like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I quite do. I, I've not thought too much about it, but I quite like the idea of it because I think the whole thing about Barry was they went chasing the promotion dream last season. It was all built on sand, wasn't it? Exactly. I suppose the slight problem you've got there is that. Um... Uh, how do you enforce it? Do you um, do, do do you have to have something where the clubs are um, have to provide proof? Because if you're a player who's not been paid, and then they tell you, "Oh, um, the money's just a bit delayed," we're gonna, you'll get paid next week. Yeah. Are you going to go running to the media to have your club docked points, and? You get strung along for a little bit, does it? Mm. So does it sort of remove the incentive to report these problems? I'm trying to think about how it came out of Berry, wasn't it? And how it well, came out of Bolton was that? That was players going on strike, wasn't probably, it? Probably, probably pissed off people, pissed off players who don't have any money. Yeah, I know the Bolton players went on strike because the EFL tried to force their youth team players to play instead, which the, was the, a disgrace. Off the line, yeah. yeah. Which is pretty appalling. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, in the Palestinian Championship, that's had to be called off after Israel failed to grant uh, players from Gaza's uh, Kadamat Rafa uh, travel visas to go across into the West Bank to play their uh, final game. So that had to be called off. Um, Granite Xhaka is the new Arsenal captain. Remember, Emery said they got five captains a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And now so is he one. one of five? No, he is the one now. Um, yeah, they said that the players voted for him to be captain. No, it seems bizarre. That's because he had the key. Because he was, even though he's the younger brother, he had the key to his house when he was young. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, what? Uh, uh, you I, must have heard this. Was, is it? 
No, no, no. There was a vote, and Xhaka won, and is now the sole club captain of Arsenal Football Club. Yeah. Was this some sort of X Factor style uh, process where you know they had to go around to Mesut Özil's house and sort of perform in front of uh, Özil, Callum Chambers, and Burnt Leno or something like that? And I'm t- I'm just baffled, but then I also look and trying to think who else I would give it to in that team. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're struggling a bit, aren't you? Yeah, I don't know. I'm still a very much a traditionalist where I'd only make centre backs and central midfielders uh, captains. But uh, that's probably. What about a goalkeeper? No, they're too far back. I watched the game once. I watched Basingstoke Town versus Truro City, and the goalkeeper for Basingstoke was the captain. And he spent all his time on the edge of his D trying to shout instructions to his defenders who weren't listening because they were concentrating on the game. Um, but, Chris, we should have 11 captains on the field. It's just a ceremonial position. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Is there a big thing made of captains in Spain? Or is it just... It yeah, been Barcelona have got four of them. Okay, that's Messi. Pique, Messi. Who, who, are they, who are they now? Because it used to be Piquet, Messi, Iniesta and Chai, didn't it? With Messi, as well. Messi's club captain. He's the official. He's number one. Okay. Then it's Piquet, then Busquets, then Sergi Roberto. Okay. Inexplicably, Sergi Roberto. I was going to say, is he a regular? Is he or is he... No, well, he shouldn't be anyway. But he is. But he's. Does it say? Do you have to exclusively be a a Lemesia graduate to be captain? I mean, it definitely helps. It seems to, doesn't it? Yes. Um, I I suppose you can understand Messi. He's the one player that's not going to get dropped, isn't he? Well, yeah, but he is injured right now, so yeah. I mean, although he did apparently this week organise some sort of team. Bonding dinner thing. Was that to celebrate his award? I Did think he, he probably was, yeah. Was it oh, similar no, to the Derby Catty? To... <laughs> Is that how we got injured, actually? Yeah. <laughs> they said it was because uh, they wanted to talk about um, our troubles away from home recently and how they could be better. But they did it in a nightclub, and they all got drunk. So I'm going to guess it was to celebrate the award. So, so it sounds quite similar to Derby County. <laughs> yeah, a lot like Derby County, yeah. I can't imagine Lionel Messi being drunk. No, neither can I. He seems like such a good boy. Is there a nightclub in Barcelona where it's sort of, uh, exclusive enough for players to go to, or is there sort of one of many they can choose? Isn't isn't he quite the opposite? Sorry, just to before, jump in on Chris's point, but isn't isn't he quite... Uh, it wasn't the whole reason for selling Ronaldinho because Messi was being led astray in the partying and yeah. Yeah, drinking and it, diet and yeah, I don't think he's a a party guy. But yeah, they did have this meeting this week, and apparently um, the World Moto GP champion Mark Marquez was there as well for some reason. What he must get, he must get pretty drunk <laughs> sometimes though to end up with some of those tattoos. <laughs> Yeah, and have you seen his current haircut? Yeah, must be a bad time. No, I remember he dyed his hair once, didn't he? I quite like that, actually, when he dyed his hair. <laughs> really? Yeah, I thought he looked pretty cool. Yeah, no, doesn't my, suit him. My other stipulation, if you're going to be a captain of a football team, is you have to wear long sleeves as well. 
That looks far cooler than short sleeves and an armband. I, what about the um, what about the old Arsenal policy, where the captain gets to maybe that uh, it might still be the captain gets to the side and they all wear the same. Oh, okay. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So Tony Adams, I imagine, was always short sleeves. I can. Uh, yeah, I imagine so. So what nightclub do they go to in Barcelona? Is there like an exclusive one they go to? Or have you been to with the same one? Uh, I'm not sure where it is, actually. But uh, I'm not a nightclub person, Chris. Just not. No. Messi does own a restaurant, though. That's, that's I don't a know very... where that's in Barcelona. I think it might be in Ibiza. But... Would it be as fun a nightclub as I had that time when I went out in Sitges with my wife? Why? Did, what? What did you do in Sitges? Um, well, it was. I, we didn't realise till we got there that it's like a big cultural gay centre, and we had the most yes, amazing fun. Yeah, <laughs> God, we had a most, we had a riot. Yes, yes, it did. You're not supposed to riot, Chris. No, well, no. That man on the telly said we could today, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. Oh God, I look Ex- at that. Excellent. I haven't got exact. I know exactly where that's probably going. <laughs> um, what else have we got? So, uh, yeah, Granite Jacker is the new Arsenal captain. Apparently, according to the squad numbers blog, he is the. Um, they think he's a Premier League captain with the highest squad number ever because he wears thirty-four. Uh, unless you can. Think okay, is he like club captain? Because there must have. I imagine there might have been a time when someone with a higher number wore the captain's armband. This, yeah, this is official club captain because I said Yaya Torre. He used to wear forty-two, but he said no. This is like official designated club captain. Yeah, so that would always have been company, no matter how injured he was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, so I, I struggle to think of anybody else. I couldn't think of anybody else. Um, what it's got? Oh, ultras from Morocco's Al Raha. Um, they did a very nice thing. There was a fan who goes to most games, or pretty much all the games, uh, who can't go to them at the moment because he's got cancer. So they all turned up outside of his uh, balcony of his flat and started singing to him for the best part of an hour, which is very nice. Um, but he likes football, not singing. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> They've not thought that through. No, he's go away. I'm trying to watch the football. Bring a ball. Yeah, kick it onto the roof room. <laughs> Um, what else have we got? The FIFA Awards. Okay, so let's just give a quick shout out to some of these. So, um, best men's player was Lionel Messi. Best women's player was uh, Megan Rapinoe. Um, Young Klopp, best men's coach. Jill Ellis, best women's coach. Uh, Leeds won the Fair Play Award. Uh, and they asked Samuel who he would have thought was the best player. Uh, Messi or Ronaldo? He said Sadio Mane. Bless him. Yeah, which is kind of the right answer. Um, are we all happy with all those um, results? I mean, I guess so. I mean, this is like a really... I don't I don't really put much stock into individual awards or anything. Correct <laughs> answer, Emma. That's what Jürgen said. <laughs> you know, except, not, except for poor Phil Neville. <laughs> Sorry, say that again, Emma. The only person who cares about... Uh, individual awards is Cristiano Ronaldo because they campaigned really hard for him to get that award oh yeah I mean it can't be a coincidence that his interview with Piers Moron last week came out just before the awards were announced and all that sort of thing yeah well no unless they were uh, they must have been voted way before then yeah, thinking about it but yes. um, he um, he didn't go he didn't go even though it was a, an hour away <laughs> from the house yeah <laughs> he must have known he wasn't going to win yeah um 
<clears throat> but essentially what makes the individual awards even more stupid is the idea that in the last sort of 10 years anyone but Leo Messi has won them. You see, I was thinking about this because instinctively I thought Virgil van Dijk should have won this because he had a great year. Probably he had a better, more impactful year than Messi did. But, of course... Messi... Impactful. But the, the award isn't most valuable player or most important player. It's best player. No, you're right. Because, of course, Messi is, you know, while he plays, is the best player to, to play the game. But by his very own high standards, he could have... He, well, he didn't win. He didn't have the best of years, did he? So... I can see, see the arguments. He won the both. league. He scored like 40 goals. I think he did all right. He did do all right. But I mean, th- th- is the expectation for Barcelona wasn't, to do more than win the league? Wasn't 50 though, was it, Emma? Yeah. So. <laughs> it wasn't 41. If only it was. <laughs> no, no. I, honestly, I, I saw your exchange on Twitter this week, Emma, with uh, various people. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you should go to more Barcelona games. You're one of those new fans, aren't you? Oh, you're one of those one of those Twitter fans. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, so I can sort of see the argument both ways. I, th- I feel he should have had a better. It, it, he's it, not. He should have had a better year because you're right. He scored forty goals, which is extraordinary. But Virgil Van Dijk, I think maybe had more of. Um, Liverpool would never won the Champions League without him, would they, Emma? No. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I kind of sort of see, you know, while Lionel Messi walks this planet, he's the best player, but I don't know. Um, what do you make of Bernardo Silva this week? Have you heard of this? He's a big racist. Yeah, how's this been reported in Spain? Because Pep's come out defending him, hasn't he? Yes. And uh, Raiola doubled down on that today by insisting again that it, it, he wasn't a racist. And it was just a joke. Okay, so this was put out. So, for anyone that's not sort of heard, this is uh, Bernardo Silva put out a photo of a very young sort of Benjamin Mendy uh, alongside. Um, was it a photo from sort of like confectionery or chocolate, which featured a um, a young black man, yes. or black, black boy, sort of in a sort of colonial tribal pose. Yes, that's the thing. Yeah, he posted it on Twitter. Um, Benjamin Mendy wasn't upset. Uh, lots of other people were upset. If he'd sent this as a message to. Benjamin Mendy, would this have been different than if he'd posted it for the world to see on Twitter? No one would have seen it, right? No one would have seen it. It just would have been between Mendy and um, and Silva. So would that have been a little private joke between themselves? Or would it, I, I'm trying to understand, would it still have been wrong? Or It's definitely wrong he posted it on social media, yeah. But where, is there well, a line Mendy's- to be drawn? Mendy seems not to have been offended by it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not defending Silver posting it in any way. I'm just trying to understand if there's a difference between posting it on social media for the world to see and posting it just to your mate. I see what you're, say- I see what you're saying, right? It's like, if he'd sent it to that them and no one knew about it, no one would be caring. Yeah. There wouldn't be this sort of uh, backlash. Mm. But if something's offensive, it's offensive. Hmm. Um, hard one, right? It is. Um, maybe Pep, maybe Pep sort of doubling and tripling down hasn't helped the situation. Uh, no, I, can't, I don't think it has. How has it been reported in Spain? Then has it been mentioned at all in those it, massive daily news? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have seen a little bit of coverage of it this morning. That uh, yeah, that. 
it it kind of goes both ways that you know here in Barcelona that to criticize Pep Guardiola you're breaking all of the rules. Yeah. But for this, I think he probably, you know, deserves a bit of criticism because you know he should say that, although it was a joke, quote unquote, that you know, it's not exactly in the best taste to to put it on social media. No, I think. Um, uh, sorry, go on. I think he probably should be a bit critical of Silva. He should have known better. Yeah. You can defend him while saying maybe he, you know, he's being a bit of a an idiot and he should have known better. But blah blah blah. I don't know. Should talk about something else. Um, we'll talk about fixtures uh, across Europe, land, and the world, shall we? This weekend. So in Spain, it's Madrid derby, eight p.m. Saturday night, isn't it? Or nine p.m. in your foreign time. <laughs> um, uh, Atletico Madrid versus Real Madrid, Bilbao versus Valencia, uh, Granada versus Leganes, and Getafe versus Barcelona. So, I know league games are played in the week, but when I wrote this out, Madrid were top on 14 points, then Atletico 13, Bilbao 12, Granada 11, and then your lot on 10. So is that still the case? Uh, yeah, Real Madrid are top, Sociedad are second, Atletico Madrid are third, Bilbao are fourth. Uh, Granada, I think, of this, and yeah. we're six. You're six. Yeah. Okay, so um, really, ideally, you'd like this Madrid derby to be a draw, wouldn't you? That would be ideal, yeah. But I thought that Sevilla would be Real Madrid last weekend, and because I expected that, Real Madrid won, which is what Real Madrid do. Yeah. Uh, and again, they for the second week running, their opponents had zero shots on target which is really disappointing. Um, but yeah, for Barcelona, a draw would be great because we are definitely going to lose away at Getafe. You know, any points that they both drop is good for us. Uh, you played in the week, didn't you, Barcelona? We did. We played... Who did we play? Somebody. Was it? Real. We played Villarreal. I'm watching them right now. Uh, yeah, we played with Villarreal. We won 2-1. Yeah. Castorla scored an absolutely amazing goal. Yeah, he Villarreal. did, didn't he? Yeah, it was amazing. And Messi was injured again, wasn't he? Yeah, he got injured halfway through the first half. He's hurt his thigh, so he's not going to play tomorrow. And uh, he's probably not going to play in the Champions League against Inter Milan. Um, They gave a really vague statement about the injury, so I don't think he'll be back until after the next international break. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. in October anyway. Ouch. Okay, so he's gone for a few weeks then. Um, Italy. Okay, so Inter are top and playing against Lazio now. They're on 15 points, then Juventus 13, Atlanta 10, Napoli 9. So um, uh, Juventus playing Spal, Napoli versus Brescia, and Sassuolo versus Atlanta. Atlanta. Uh, In Germany, Red Bull Leipzig are top on 13 points, then Bayern 11, Dortmund 10. So Red Bull play Schalke this weekend. That'd be pretty good. Adam, when you're BT Sport, Scott's hot here this week, so I can say that to you instead. You'll watch sloppy seconds on that. Um, Paderborn versus, I'll take it. Yeah, Paderborn versus Bayern and Dortmund versus uh, Werder Bremen. Uh, in France, PSG and Angers are top both on 15 points each. Lille on 13 points. I think PSG lost in the week, didn't they? They lost 2-0 to um, somebody with a very sort of René from a lower, lower pronunciation. a French name. It was. It was like Rem or something like that. It was like one of those really sort of exaggerated ways of... Something very Gallic. Very Gallic, which I won't dare to attempt. 
it says Bordeaux versus PSG, um, Nice versus Lille, and Angers versus Amiens. Um, and there's some derbies from around the world. Uh, Emma, you went to Turkey a week early. I did. Is it the Gala derby this week? Yeah, it's Fenerbahce in second versus Galatasaray in seventh. Yeah, yeah. Ah. They, I heard people talking about that. That would have been great to go to. Would you gone? It's crazy. Yeah, it would have been great for, wouldn't it? Yeah. I don't think you can go. How can you not? I think the security in Turkey is it's really difficult to get tickets. You have to have like a special, um, uh, like ID card, like Margaret Thatcher-esque. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh. So you can't just turn up and pay and... No, you can't just, can't just tap a ticket off the street, I don't think. Oh, Okay. Uh, what else we've got it's the Peruvian Classic how Adam uh, Universitario versus Allianz Lima I'll be good to I'll, I'll make sure I don't sleep through that <laughs> I've got an Allianz Lima top there you go I've got my team sorted okay uh, and in Mexico did you win it in a raffle no uh, my wife's parents <laughs> went they, uh, okay. They refused to bring back a Deportivo wanker top, and they brought back an Allianz Lima top instead um, I see. amongst other shirts fierce rivals I imagine uh, I don't think Wanker exists anymore. Oh, that's a shame. They've gone out of business, I think. Um, in Mexico, um, it's Club America in fifth versus Guadalajara, which is the uh, Super Classico over there. You should be able to pronounce these, shouldn't you, Emma? Come on, have a stab at these. Uh, what am I looking at? What? What? What, what names? You realise we can't see this sheet of paper? Oh, sorry, yes. <laughs> I don't know if you know how this works. Well, I literally just said the names. <laughs> I wasn't listening. You were watching Chris. the football, weren't you? I was. <laughs> Club America what versus Guadalajara. America. Yeah. Guadalajara. Well, there you go, it's almost close. Yeah. yeah. I think yours is better, Chris. I think so. Too. That's when <laughs> you could have legitimately used your Speedy Guns of Mexican <laughs> tags then. Brilliant. That's why I've used it up in September. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, we're going to the Premier League. Um, arguably the game of the weekend is on Monday, but it's not actually the weekend. Uh, Manchester United versus Arsenal on the Frank Stapleton derby. This is in the Champions League week, which is quite a bizarre thing for a Manchester United game. Uh, Manchester United versus Arsenal on a Monday night, isn't it? It's not the. It's clearly not the game it is. If you see how it is being advertised on Sky Sports all this week, they are literally advertising it as going. This game used to mean an awful lot. Oh, did they? <laughs> and it's still so. It's still important now. Is it lots of Vieira and Keane and yeah, Wenger and Fergie? Yeah. Okay, but none of that is relevant over the last fifteen years, is it? Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, it's now it's up to you boys. It's Jesse Lingard doing fingers. Fingers. Well, you know, like his handshake sort of. Oh, his little sort of, okay. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Two, two things, that sort of something that me and you two white guys aren't supposed to get. Exactly, right? Yeah. Uh, in our 30s. Yeah, well, Jesse Lingard cost uh, uh, a member of the Man of the Post team his uh, place, didn't he? Famously. Um, so, Paul Pogba and Marcus Rashford are doubts for this game. Uh, two of their most important players. Uh, Kieran Tini and Hector Bellerin are finally available as well for Arsenal. Um, Is Mac- Phil Jones available after being told off by by, um, by Ed Woodward? He played against Colchester. Oh, yeah, I saw that clip. That was what good, was all that about? Um, Phil Jones said... Apparently he wasn't talking to Phil Jones. It just looks like it. Uh, <laughs> 
Because Phil James basically said Sacked in the Morning, which is the song that the fans are singing about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So I thought from... He wouldn't have just said it as if he was joining in. I think someone must have said, what are they singing, Phil? And he must have said it, and then Woodward heard him. That's what I'm guessing. That's what I'd say my husband as well. Yeah. <laughs> this anonymous man behind me who's now just disappeared. To He's the not toilet. there anymore, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought it? Um, Manchester United are unbeaten in this fixture since 2006. They've won eight and drawn four. Um at home against uh, against Arsenal. Uh, but Aubameyang has got 13 goals in his last 13 Premier League starts. So uh, there's the man you need to stop. Is Harry Maguire and Phil Jones or Victor Lindelof the man to stop him? No. No? No. There's no way Manchester United will give a clean sheet. Are you going to think? So you think, what do you think? So you think it's going to be a draw or an Arsenal win, do you? I think it'll be a score draw. Yeah? Yeah. I think he's won... Is it something like three out of his last 15 or something like that, Solskjaer? Yeah, but Arsenal pretty rubbish as well. I was going to say, it's only two weeks since they sort of gave up that two-goal lead and then last week they were very... I mean, last, Villa, last week they only just managed to beat Aston Villa by going behind twice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they gave up a two-goal lead to Watford. Yeah. Um, and um, what was the game in between that? But I, um, They won in... Uh, the Europa League against Frankfurt. They played very well in that game, actually. Yeah, but there was a game at the, on the... Uh, I don't know. I'm never going to remember. It's going to be like that scene in one of the latter episodes of Friends where Chandler is arm-wrestling Ross and they're both equally as weak. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Yeah, I think it'll be the football equivalent of that. Who's who? Do you not think about um, the, the sort of the, the midfield battle of um, the ghost of of Patrick Vieira versus um, <laughs> Patrick Vieira versus uh, Roy Dean is going to be um, Captain Jacker versus Scott McTominay? <laughs> it's like a pound shop version, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, that's going to be appalling. Uh, OK, so let's go over to Goodison Park. Everton versus Manchester City in the Andy Hinchcliffe derby. Um, Everton got back-to-back losses. I always seem to think that Everton do very well in this fixture at Goodison. Am I wrong in that? Um, I think you're in the in the recent old days, you're not wrong. Yeah. I do think we were a bit of a spoiler um, and uh, sort of um, Mancini, Pellegrini, but I think you'll find that... Um, the Pep brand of Man City is something a bit different. Yeah, different beast, is it? <laughs> and we are a bit rubbish. Okay. <laughs> but they have got 10 wins versus reigning champions, um, Everton have, which is second only to Liverpool, who got 13. But, City... I know, but, but we've, also, we've also been in the league 170 years. <laughs> okay. I think this is in the Premier League. Oh, Okay. Um, City has scored 24 goals in their opening six Premier League games. So, yeah, yeah. Although last week, Ember, I was listening back to the podcast last week. You did predict a Yerry Mina would score in the game last week, didn't you? Was it a, was it a header? Did it maintain the? It was a header. I think it yeah. was a header. Yeah. It was just the wrong end of the pitch. That was all. So maybe that doesn't count in that stat. <laughs> it goes a goal, isn't it? Exactly. Um, it's not my fault you didn't turn him in the right way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to be fair, what was that? Was it twenty-four goals Man City have scored? Did you say twenty-six? Twenty-four in the opening six. Okay, um, 
Sheffield United only had one shot on target, so if we can hold Manchester <laughs> or anything close to that, as long as we can keep Yerry, Yerry Mina away from the danger end. <laughs> sure, the answer is to play him up front. Well, <laughs> can't be any worse. No. Um, <laughs> if so... No, Emma, we're rubbish, all right? Rubbish. <laughs> oh, I know. I fully expect Manchester City to bring up the big 30 goals scored in their first games. <laughs> Would it be totally on brand for Everton to win this game, though? <laughs> well, just as just as much as Spare has reached the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll lose next week to... I don't know who they'll play next week. Um, Bournemouth or something like that. Someone out... No, we've already lost to Bournemouth. <laughs> oh, <have you>? Okay. <laughs> we, need, we, need some, we need someone else. We need someone promoted. Remembering that we've already Norwich. lost to Villa and yeah, Norwich. We have to lose to Norwich. There you go. Uh, Sergio Aguero can be the fourth Premier League player to score in eight consecutive games after who? Can you tell me who? Um, I can because I saw it on Sky. But I could only remember. It's someone... Is it Mickey Quinn? No. Was that answer no? Yeah, that answer was no. Okay. I'll give you the teams. Uh, Leicester, Liverpool and Manchester United. And we're talking fairly recently. The Manchester United one's probably about 10, 12 years ago. The others are quite recent. Hold on, this is one player who played for those three teams? No, 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 sorry. Um, No, three players also scored in eight consecutive Premier League games. Oh, I know that Jamie Vardy's won them. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, the Mickey Quinn stat was to do with consecutive goals from the start of the season. Oh, right, no. Okay. No, Jamie or, Vardy's won, yeah. Um, so it's Jamie Vardy. It is uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy. Yeah. Because that was his record he broke. Yeah. So the more recent one for Liverpool, I'm going to guess, is Luis Suarez. Ooh. Emma, do you want to have a guess? Currently without a club. Is it Torres? No, it is Danny oh, Sturridge. not Torres. Oh. oh. Which... He's got a club. He plays in Turkey. Oh, he has, hasn't he? Yes, he joined one of them. I he just has it. a drugs ban. Or some sort of ban. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> no, he definitely has a ban. Oh, does he? Oh, okay. I just can't remember if it's a drugs or gambling. Yeah, Maybe he has a gambling, gambling ban. I think it's gambling. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, if City win, David Silva the fastest player to 200 Premier League wins, which would be lovely. Um, Sheffield United versus Liverpool. Liverpool, 15 straight wins. Uh, Adam Billy Sharp is suspended. That's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Liverpool have never won at Sheffield United in the Premier League. Also a record uh, they have against Forest and Blackpool as well. Um, oh. And lots of teams that have never been in the Premier League. Stop slagging them all off. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. They can't beat them and not beat... Hang on. You've done a just-in there, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have won their last 12 versus promoted teams. I have a horrible feeling about this game, though. Really? This yeah, one? This yeah. one's going to end the run? Sheffield United! <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're saying, but this is like the sort of quite noisy ground, quite... I know Sheffield United aren't the Sheffield United of old, where they sort of hoof it long and play five at the back, but I just got a horrible feeling that in front of quite a boisterous home crowd, this could be the... What time is this game? I have no idea, sorry. I'd, I'd have a look. But... It's the early morning kickoff. On, on the Saturday? Saturday. Oh, on the Saturday, yeah. Okay. So what's going to happen here is your worst, your worst nightmare is going to happen and then Everton are going to roll over. <laughs> you think? I hope so. <laughs> Go on, cheer, cheer me up, Emma. Do you want me to tell you I think Liverpool are going to win? I do. I only, only if you genuinely think that. Yeah, I 
I really do think they will. I mean, I think Sheffield United's current style of trying to play attractive football will actually play into Liverpool's hands. Because I think they can cope with that better than they can kicking it up front. Um, and I've kept him Salah in my fantasy week, so they better win. Yeah, I've, I've kept him as captain. I'm going to keep him as captain all season. All um, season? Yeah, I think so. I'm not going to... Do you want to win? <laughs> I do, but the week I change it to somebody else is the week he scores four or something. Uh, uh. Got some serious FOMO. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it as him. Uh, Chris, um, I just have a quick question. You, but you're not gonna know the answer, so it's gonna be annoying. Um, but if it's 15 wins in a row, when was the last time Liverpool lost a Premier League game? How far away are they from Arsenal's record? Last time they lost a Premier League game, that would have been the game against Manchester City, which. Uh, would have been January. It would have been some sort of holiday because my uh, my nephew was down with me. So I'm guessing that would have been either January or. Oh, was it January the? F- no, you you didn't lose the one on January. That was the one that ended in a draw where Mara's missed a penalty. All right. Well, it would have been maybe half term of that. So maybe February then was when we... that game was. When. Some live googling. There you go, live googling. That was the um, most Salah eleven millimeters ball nearly over the line. Yeah, that game. Uh, I'm going to impress Emma with a stat then. Uh, Chris Wilder, okay. the Sheffield United manager since the start of the 14-15 season, um, 125 games, 426 points. That's the most of the top four leagues. So he's no chump. That's actually very impressive. It is very impressive, isn't it? I mean, don't be impressed with me. I didn't have anything to do with any of that. You should be impressed with my namesake. <laughs> oh, well, maybe maybe I'm changing my mind. Maybe Sheffield United will win. Well, they could do. This is what I'm worried about, you see. <laughs> um, go on then. Spurs versus Southampton and the Dean Richards derby. Spurs are six places, uh, but only one point ahead of um, Southampton. Um... I suppose, arguably, Spurs can't do any worse than they did in the Carabao Cup. And in the league last week, of course, they lost to Leicester, didn't they? They did, didn't they? Of course. It's the, it's the um, battle of it's battle of the two teams that I always think are much better than they actually are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to two of Adam's blind spots. Yeah, no, I get, I understand what you mean, about Southampton. I, I hope, I wish for them to be better than what they really are, and maybe that's well, what I think. When you can put when you can put a midfield out that has Hoiberg, Romeo, and Ward Prowse, that should be tearing it up. Yes. The, that, that's better than most than a lot of top six um, midfields. Yeah, uh, any one of them could captain Arsenal, and I wouldn't have a problem with it. Um, no, if you've got an investment in Arsenal, then I'm sure you'd be happy with that. <laughs> you'd rather have them than Granite Xhaka. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. Um, didn't um, Southampton lose to Bournemouth last weekend, though? They did. They did. Yes. Yeah. Which broke a run of uh, them winning games against current Premier League teams south, uh, further south than them in the country. Yeah, we spoke about this the other week. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to say yes because the silence is embarrassing to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Spurs versus Southampton is only the second ever Premier League fixture to play at five different grounds. Have a guess. Spurs versus Southampton. Yeah. Played at five different grounds. So yeah. Wembley. Wembley's so one. Wembley, White Hart Lane. Yeah. The new White Hart Lane. Yeah. Um, they the play at Loftus play. Road. No. Um, 
the old Southampton ground. Yeah, which is called. Hold on, what? No, then this—that's not this fixture. This fixture is Spurs being at home. Oh. Then you mean they played at the? <laughs> then then you're what you're saying is the Dell and um, St Mary's. Yes, but that's easy. Okay. The first one was Spurs versus <laughs> but it's West Ham. Technically, not that fixture. Yeah, yeah exactly, Emma. <laughs> Oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, okay, so Aston Villa versus Burnley. I'm going last match of the day with this one. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, 12 goals have been scored in this Premier League fixture between these two teams. All have been scored by British players. Uh, that is most between any pair of teams in the 21st century. There you go. That's a, that's a Brexit fixture. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Burnley got zero clean sheets in their last ten, um, and Villa won. Uh, sorry, Villa got clean sheets in their last two games at home. Again, Villa are one of these teams that I really hope and wish should be doing a lot better than what they are. They got a very good team. David, um, uh, Douglas Louise. Yeah, we've and... already we've already annoyed Ross enough. I think on the last week, can we stop? Not, you don't need to talk Villa up. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, this podcast will never see the light of day. <laughs> Okay, well, we move on quickly then to um, Bournemouth versus West Ham. Uh, the last four games of this fixture have got 17 goals. So this won't be the last match of the day. Feels like a Bournemouth win. You think? Yeah. Well, Cannon Wilson has, has Bournemouth actually played for West Ham yet? I think he has. I think he has this season. I think he's done okay. Um, I've heard his name mentioned a few times. I definitely remember his name mentioned on the first game of the season against Man City. Yeah, but that could have just been new signing. No, I'm for sure. For the he's season. Not, not Didn't they get absolutely dicked five mil in that game? <laughs> yes, they did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they could have been on the pitch to see it. Pablo Fornells. <laughs> uh, Uwe Pablo Fornells. Played six times for West Ham. Oh, good for him. That's more than his play for Spain. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> have you got high hopes for him, have you, as a player? Yeah. I, he was really good last season for Villarreal, um, yeah. so I expected him to go straight into the West team. But every time I've looked, he's not been playing. So okay, I don't know if that yeah, includes substitute appearances or not. Um, I'm going to guess it probably does. Yeah, maybe it does. It's annoying because sometimes the players take um, they start off the bench. I've noticed this with Patrick Catroni and Moise Kenny. Um, they've sort of started off the bench and not made the impacts you hope they would. It's um, particularly as Ken, oh. Kenzie, my fancy team. But quite a lot of Liverpool players are examples of that, right? Yeah, uh, Andy Robertson. You know, Cater. Yeah. Um, there's been a few like that, like you say. Annoyingly, Zen Shakiri, who seems to have carried it on for into this season. I think that's over, man. I know. I, <laughs> I was... Um, I think he's going to become petulant and get got rid of scenes. Which is a terrible shame, because he's just a tremendously gifted player, and sometimes the sort of player we're crying out for. Uh, but... What can you do? I... A player, a player who's too good for sometimes. A play what? Sorry, he's a player maybe who's too good for sometimes. Though he's not not to just be. You can't just have him around to use him sometimes. Oh because... yes, yes, yes. Yeah. My favorite thing about him is that his nickname is the Power Cube. Is that what you get? <laughs> yeah, because he, he looks like a cube. He does, yes. He's like, right, it reminds me of Sam Smith, actually, this thing. How do you reckon he do at Barcelona? Chiqui. Yeah. Uh, well, he'd want to play where he plays, wouldn't he? So, probably not very well. 
No, okay. Anyway, I'm, no, I'm, we're not sending any more players from Liverpool. They're bad news. <laughs> Please take some of our Deadwood. No. <laughs> um, Premier Sports have done to an advert right in the middle of the Lazio um, intermatch, which is very odd. Uh, okay, that's so, what you get for budget TV, Chris. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you should have been watching Villarreal. <laughs> True. Right. Yeah, yeah, because the Spanish director has definitely not fucked anything up in that game. <laughs> well, yes. I'm sure. I'm sure there'll been a goal missed because they're showing a replay of whether a ball went out for the correct throw-in. Obviously, fair. <laughs> We've all watched Spanish games before, Emma. You can't fool us. <laughs> um, that was a really good bar review for a penalty, which we have scored. <laughs> Okay, what's two? Oh. We've got that in our country now. You don't need to trick us that VAR's good. We know there was no such thing as a good VAR review. It's good. I like VAR. But before we get to a huge VAR debate. <laughs> um, Bournemouth versus West Ham. Go on. Uh, Callum Wilson scored six league goals versus West Ham. He's also scored his last three consecutive Premier League games. Um, but West Ham are unbeaten in five, which is the second most behind Liverpool in the league. This is a difficult one. West Ham are... Um... West Ham, I think, are generally quite good. Yeah. Um, and I think Bournemouth have the ability at times to be generally quite good and are doing their classic Bournemouth thing of starting quite well. Um, I think this is a very difficult game to call. I'm going to go for a Desmond in this. 2-2. Two, two. I'm going to go West Ham because I think they are generally quite good. Emma? I think Bournemouth will win 2-0. Two, no. two, I think no. West Ham are my... They're better than I think they are a team. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, they've got Yarmolenko back. He's made a big difference since he's come back. Uh, oh, yeah, he's got it at the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, he got an assist, I think, against United. Uh, exactly, Emma, making a difference, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the three bombs are going to win. <laughs> uh, I have got the bettest game on now, and Christian Tello's just come on. I still think he's a hot young prospect. Um, am I, is he? Is that boat <laughs> sailed, like is it? 30. I know. <laughs> I still remember when he was this sort of hot young thing coming out with Bojan and everyone sort of saying they were the future and stuff like that. But yeah, he was a, he was a little bit older than Bojan, right? Younger yeah. than Bojan. Sorry, Bojan I still was think first. that about Bojan. I still think he's a bright young thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm, a, I'm a member of, or I was a member of the Bojan Kirkus um, Appreciation Society on Facebook. Were you? Yeah, Aww. because I used to love it, love him when he was a little Barcelona, when he was a little boy at Barcelona, and then he, he once scored forty goals in a season for me on Football Manager. <laughs> it's incredibly Ooh, strange. Yeah, yeah, I just thought it's incredibly strange how a City reserve could be best friends with Leo Messi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see that. Well, one of them plays up. Another, another Stoke City reserve plays up front for Paris Saint Germain now. So, oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah he does. He does. Uh, okay, so where else we got? We've got Chelsea versus uh, Brighton, who have got one point in thirteen games away of Brighton um, and zero goals in their last seven. This could be the time that Chelsea get their clean sheet, couldn't it? Yeah, Brighton are a bit grim, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, no, no clean sheet. No clean. No clean sheet. No. What do you reckon? A scoring win for Chelsea even against Brighton. Yeah, even against Brighton. That's how in that's how 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 little I believe in Chelsea's ability to defend. So you reckon a scoring win for Chelsea, do you? Um, I still got a little bit of faith in Brighton as well, but I think yeah, probably they managed to they seem to have found, clicked a little bit going forward. 
Um, I think that, that that's going to fluctuate throughout the season and they're not always going to be able to outscore this incredibly lacklustre defence, but I think that this time they will in a, yes, a 3-1 victory. Yeah, yeah, that sounds quite feasible, actually. Yeah, that's quite what we said. Um, Palace versus Norwich. Roy Hodgson has come out this week, said he's not worried by ben- Christian Benteke's lack of uh, goal-scoring prowess. Um, I wonder what it would take to get Roy Hodgson He's not worried now. I don't know when he's going to get worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, this will be this will be last on match of the day. Okay, sorry, Emma, what did you say? Oh, yeah, it could be. When was the last time Ben actually scored a goal? Is it like two years? I think we're getting on to twelve months, aren't we? They mentioned it last week on match of the day, and I did make a note of it, and then annoyingly I've forgotten it. But it is like one goal in twelve months he's got. Yeah, I really feel like he should be worried. Yeah, Roy Hodgson doesn't seem that laid back to me to not be worried about this. If Berahino still has a job as a professional footballer, Benteke's got plenty of time left. Very <laughs> <laughs> right. Palace have beaten in their last five at home, um, but Norwich City has scored twelve goals in in the opening thirty minutes of their Premier League games this season. So they they come charging out the blocks, um, and Timo Pukki's six Premier League goals are worth five points. So they're not to be underestimated, are they? But haven't they only got six points in the league? Sorry, Emma? Haven't they only got six points in the league, so his goals are worth off five of those points? Oh, really? Okay, so they're worth an awful lot to to him. Yeah, Um, yeah. So take him away and then they'd be dead, I guess. I want to reiterate my Palace of Rubbish point. Yes, go on. I was going to come back to you. Sorry, Palace of Rubbish. Please. Yeah. <laughs> I've not got much more beyond the fact that Palace are rubbish. Well, I do remember towards the end of last season, it, it, it was like sort of April time, I read out a stat on here that um, at Selhurst Park, Luka Milivojevic was the only player to score more than twice at uh, Selhurst Park last season. And they were and penalties. Sorry, set the bed. I said, and they were penalties. I was going to say, they're either penalties or free kicks, so yeah. Yeah. Um, um, my opinion of my opinion of of, of Crystal Palace deteriorated very quickly once I had to actually go to Selhurst Park. That place is a shithole. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Uh, compared to where? Where else have you been? Um, what recently? I was going to say because you've been to the Olympic Stadium and uh, the Emirates, haven't you? So that's they're quite a high bars, I imagine. I mean, the Olympic Stadium is a shithole as well for a different reason. Okay. Um, I've been to Craven Cottage. That's got character, charm. Yep. Um, they're, they're the places I've been recently. Yeah, you're right. The Emirates is very much top, top, top of the bill in that place. But uh, Selhurst Park is a particular place in my disdain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Wolves versus Watford. Then this is nineteenth versus twentieth. Um, oh, this could be last of the match of the day as well. How can they all be last? <laughs> I forgot about this one. Last that, on yeah. day special. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the screen is divided up into sort of ten small well, they, boxes. They do, they do that. They do that time lapse thing, but only because they all want to be last, not because yeah. one, they all have to be first. <laughs> uh, Watford only the thirteen to concede eighteen goals in their first six uh, games. The previous incumbents for that was Newcastle in nineteen ninety thousand and Southampton in twelve thirteen, and neither were relegated. It's important to say. Is it important? I think it is important to say, yeah, because it means you can recover from a poor stop. But the one thing against them, they've had 91 shots so far, uh, which is the fourth most in the Premier League, uh, but their conversion rate is 4%, which is by far the lowest. Do you know who's conceded the most shots in the Premier League? No, go on. Arsenal. 
Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah rubbish. It is. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's that's a bit meaningless, right? Because of the eight goals that Man City put past them. Yeah, kinda, you're, you're right. Kind of skews it. The conversion rate is something probably a little bit more to be worried about. Do you think that that's uh, um? Is it just? I don't really have anything interesting to say about Watford. No, should we move on. Yeah, I'd really like Wolves to do well, so I think they they do a win at some point. Uh, if only because I told my mate that Patrick Catroni would like be the world's best player for them, and he's proving anything but at the moment. Uh, and last one is Leicester versus Newcastle in the Nikos Dabizas derby. Uh, James Madison is a doubt for this, so get changing your fantasy teams uh, pretty quick, folks. Um, Leicester are looking for their. Uh, I can't read my handwriting. Their fourth. Oh no, Leicester are looking for their fourth win in five. Um, Newcastle winless in four. Um, Leicester, their last nine home games, they've won six, drawn two. The last time they lost at home was in April against Newcastle. Leicester are very good. They are, they're, very they're, good. Be- they're better than West Ham good. Uh, that's true. Why, even if Madison doesn't play. That is true. Um, so I, I was watching the the, uh, the Leicester-Tottenham game last week with the, the early kickoff, and um, <clears throat> Madison is one of those players that every time... You know, he's, for me, he's sort of like the opposite of absence makes the heart grow fonder. The, the, the longer I don't watch him play, I just think, oh, he's just some... Some average central midfield player for a mid-table Premier League team, and then you watch him, and he's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um. I I reckon he'll play. I reckon they'll win. Um, Newcastle are still rubbish as well, as they, Dave will tell you. <laughs> they are still rubbish. I think at the same time as James Bannister not being available, they got Hamza Chowdhury and Harvey Barnes as well. So there are young, talented players ready to come in in his place. And you still have Jamie Vardy. And you still got Jamie Vardy, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, I'm going to go for Leicester win on this one, you guys. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. Uh, right, well, that brings us to the end of our Premier League predictions and end of our podcast, unless anyone's got any other business. All good. All good in the hood, Emma? Yeah, all good. All good as well. I did, and I forgot to write it down completely, I did hear a stat on a podcast this week that Premier League managers with... Um, one-syllable names, so like Sean Dyche or someone like that, has got lower percentage win rates than managers with more than one syllable. I'm starting to see why um, Kike Sanchez Flores got a new job. (laughs) 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 Very well done. Uh, Okay, right. Uh, We are part of uh, Man on the Post network, so at Man on the Post on... um, Twitter and Instagram and we are also on Facebook as well you can like us on there uh, you can download us from Acast Stitcher uh, Spotify and iTunes uh, you can subscribe or follow and all the um, podcasts will fall automatically in your inbox we will have a Sunday show this week as well reviewing the games we previewed with Chris and Dave and possibly Ali as well um, if you like what you hear you can rate and review us and leave us a five star review each review is very very gratefully received as well uh, so um, Emma, if they want to follow you on Twitter and see what sort of fan Barcelona fan you claim to be, how do they do that? <laughs> oh, why did you say that? Um, you had a mean, you had a mean um, person yesterday, didn't you? I did. He was really mean, and I really enjoyed making him look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Go on, sorry. If that isn't what the internet uh, yeah. is all about. Exactly. <laughs> How did they follow the you then? The thing I used it for. Uh, yes, it's at M. Gabriel Garcia. Okay, Adam? Uh, Adam, I say 101. Super duper. Yep, yeah, like I say, all those will be uh, into your inbox if you uh, like and subscribe and everything. So thank you ever so much, guys. No worries. You're welcome. Excellent. And always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>